Welcome to the Turnaround Mindset Podcast with your hosts, behavioral economist and psychologist Phil Slade and successful business leader and accountant Adam Smith. In these unprecedented times, decisive and fearless leadership is critical to any business transformation. Each week, our hosts will unpack the tough and intimate questions we all face as professionals, offering no-nonsense business advice to those bold enough to think and act differently. Now, here are your hosts, Phil and Adam. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us at the Turnaround Mindset podcast, produced by Decider.co and delivered by the team here at the Turnaround Mindset HQ. Today, we are going to be talking about a topic that affects all of us, particularly in 2021. Yes, working remotely has become the new trend, Phil, for businesses all over the world. In the wake of the pandemic, many businesses and, of course, employees weren't properly prepared in a lot of cases for the new setup and had to evolve quickly to this new way of working. Learning how to manage and monitor remote teams has become a crucial part of business success. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how do I motivate my staff beyond a Zoom call? I think this is fantastic. For, For many of us now, gone are the days of turning up to work in a suit and tie, commuting long distances in a car or public transport to be at desk on time each morning. And personally, I think Thank God for that. The, 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 the suit hasn't disappeared, but it will be slightly different. The reality is that people are now logging into work from home in what we're calling the standard issue uniform of 2020, a sports pants and a T-shirt. It's both active wear and sedentary workwear now. Sweatpants are the new black. Uh, uh, Phil, that's that's an image that's now burned into my mind, <laughs> I, I might add. Hey, look, that's a slightly rich statement coming from somebody <laughs> who parades in their lycra like every good mammal. Now, now, let's be, <laughs> let's be nice. Anyway, moving on. With all that's being talked about on business forums, webinars, and behaviors exhibited by some of the world's biggest companies, working remotely, I have to say, is now a permanent fixture of our working life, Phil. And at times, the only way a lot of us are communicating with our various teams across the globe. Yeah, look, managing remote teams and keeping employees engaged brings a whole raft of challenges for managers and business leaders in this new world. I know from my own experience in leading teams, I've always preferred face-to-face meetings with staff rather than the remote ones. You Mm. You can get a lot of good points through and sometimes when you're having a debate, it's great, right? But however, with more and more employees choosing to work from home and having to work from home and you know, face-to-face meetings are actually far and few between these days. Yeah, look, that's right. Look, last year, for example, in the entire 2020, I caught up with my entire leadership team three times in the year and that was it. So whilst I may have felt face-to-face meetings were more productive, I had to evolve my thinking to make remote meetings just as productive. As a leader or as a manager who oversees a group of people, it is your responsibility to take care of your team and to monitor at a high level their mental health. You know, working in isolation or remotely can lead to a rise in anxiety, depression, and an overall reduction in motivation and engagement. Yeah, look, it's a good point. I think another aspect worth considering with remote working is the impact it's going to have uh, on a team and the corporate culture at large. As a leader, it is up to you to ensure communication channels remain open, Mm. you know. Um, I would also say that the responsibility is also with you to be the first to embrace the use of video conferencing or any sort of collaboration software that um, helps the interaction with other team members, between team members. Yep. 
And remember, creating the right culture is about balancing systems and tools, processes, and behavioral mindsets, right? You've got to have a balance between all those three. Changing tools like we have to accommodate remote working means that we've also got to change our processes and our mindsets to ensure we create the right culture for everyone to thrive in. Mm, Look, it's undeniable, Phil. Look, there's going to be challenges with this new remote meeting format. Now, it's about getting comfortable about the fact that you may struggle to hear everybody on the call. I know I do. Uh, as well as this, some people are going to feel comfortable with their cameras on and others just aren't. You know, another factor to consider here is that with remote working, people are going to have the kids at home more often or they may be caring for loved ones like grandparents as part of their standard workday. So Phil, there's probably two questions here we need to think about. The first one goes to your earlier point. How can leaders and managers keep their teams inspired without meeting face-to-face? And secondly, the next question is, what are the tips needed to keep teams motivated after a remote meeting? Well, they're really big questions. Mm. And I think before COVID, we thought, we would have thought that they were easy questions to answer. And we know that after you know quite a few months of doing this, it's really hard. It's really difficult. You genuinely have to rethink the way that you're doing everything. And I think the best place to start would be um, in the preliminary planning of, when you, of working remotely. And the best ways to run a productive meeting or video conference call needs to be thought through before you get there. It's all mm-hmm. in the planning stage, right? Yep. So look, as a leader or manager, let's rip through some of the upfront considerations we need to consider yeah. for all staff working remotely. So firstly, you need to ensure everyone is operating with the right tools of the trade necessary to complete their job. So make sure all the team have the right IT equipment in place to work remotely. You know, everything from laptops, access to work drives, a functioning webcam, and of course, Wi-Fi access and video conferencing access, whether that be Zoom, MS Teams, Skype, whatever platform the business uses to conduct meetings. Yeah, and this is really interesting, right? Because you think that that's IT department or that's someone else's responsibility. As a manager, that's your responsibility to make sure that happens because if it doesn't, if they're not communicating, working on the same level, um, it's not going to work, right? Business is just going to start to, to crunch and, and start to hold. And once you've got the right BC tools in place and all those things, you also need to make sure that the team has their calendars and project boards and all the communication channels working, synced up uh, and ready to access across multiple devices, not mm. just your laptops, but your phones and whatever else that they're actually going to need to use to be working remotely. I think it's really interesting to see how remote situations have reoriented shared calendars uh, as an essential communication item, mm. not just a personal time management tool. Yeah. We're using them to communicate more, we're relying on them. Uh, the task of maintaining all the communications channels really does seem simple, but when working remotely, it's easy to forget how critical this can be. Mm. As a leader, you may be overseeing multiple projects with staff and you need to keep a consistent routine of checkups with team members for progress updates, etc. Um, team members should not be allowed to regularly use calendar syncing issues or comms breakdowns as an excuse, essentially, for tardiness or, mm. or not hitting deadlines. It's everyone's responsibility to make themselves available for meetings and catch-ups to ensure the leadership team is confident things are moving along smoothly. Mm. As a leadership team, helping to solve any of these issues should be of vital importance. Yep. Agreed. Look, once you've got all of your systems and tools working, it's important that also to remember you have to regularly review 
the company's vision, its values, and its goals. You know, this is important so you can ensure that the new processes and behaviors that will turn into social norms are aligned with where the company's going and the culture you want to create. Mm -hmm. Look, in some cases, there will be certain employees that when working remotely, they can become demotivated quite easily. It's important to keep reminding remote staff of the goals and objectives of the business and what's expected of them. And essentially, what is their purpose in coming to work each day? Mm -hmm. It's about strengthening and highlighting why and how their effort meaningfully contributes to the company's success and working together to create a high-performance team. Yeah, that's great. And finally, and I probably believe that this is could be the most important point, it's being courteous, respectful, clear, and patient. Mm. Now, people are still learning what social etiquette exists over video conferencing. Is it, is it okay to multitask? Should everyone have video on if some have it on and others don't? You know, what do you do when someone's tech fails in a meeting? You know, how do you manage a debate where people need a more dynamic conversation flow where interruption might be okay? Mm. And how do you build empathy into your team so they are flexible and can, da- can adapt to others' working situations while at the same time setting standard rules that you can enforce across everyone. Say, you know, everyone must attend stand-up whenever we agree to do it. If employees aren't available, you know, two mornings a week to take their, you know, because they're taking their kids to school, you know, you'll obviously need to find a solution that can accommodate this without undermining the flow of the team. Mm. It's a difficult Um, one to manage. It's it's a really difficult one to balance. The important thing to remember is that by being accommodating to people's situations and circumstances, that will generally improve productivity from these staff members as well as their loyalty to the overall business. Mm. You know, but the key is to manage expectations and be as respectful of the rules your employees need to set to ensure their own work-life balance as you need them to be respectful of the rules and demands of the business to keep things moving. Mm. You know, flexibility is a two-way street and it starts and ends with being courteous, respectful, clear and patient. Wow. I like that. Okay, so now that you've solidified how you're going to manage your remote team, how are we going to effectively run a remote meeting? Oh, a remote meeting. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, that's uh, as somebody who loves a good workshop, this is, yeah. this is really difficult. Um, there's, there's actually three different types of meetings, right? There's an online meeting, yep. there's an in-person meeting, and then there's a meeting where some people are in person and some people are online. It's this, it's this hybrid it's sort of meeting, right? But we're just going to talk about the online meeting where everyone's online. The hybrid meeting, we might do that later on, right? Okay. Another podcast. Another but, um, but I don't know what you think, but tech, tech breaks on me all the time. Uh, I generally set out with the best intentions on all things IT, but it just yeah. doesn't work out, right? So I think in running effective meeting, the first thing you need to do is always make sure you have backup plans for everything. Mm. You know, tech problems do occur and will occur. So you've got to have a solution in place. To not have a backup plan is just kind of silly, right? We've got a few tips of how to do this, right? Um, I think the, the big three for me is Dial in five minutes early, particularly if you're running the meeting, just to make sure the platform is working, the passcodes are up, yep. uh, you know, the, how many meetings have people set up and they've just forgot to add the, 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 you the, know, the meeting code or yep. the password or something, right? Yeah. Um, ensure you have a quick way of communicating with everyone on the meeting. This is the second thing. If things don't go 
right. Like if things go wrong, you need a group text or you yep. need some way of telling people it's okay, we've got it under control, we're on our way, right? So that's the second thing. And thirdly, just have an alternate way of sharing information. It could be emailing PDFs if the screen sharing doesn't work or, or doing something, you know, if you're doing a live demonstration where you can send them a link to a web page and everyone can sort of follow along in a, in a secondary way. This will give you the best chance of ensuring things kick off in the right manner. Yeah. So once you've limited the disrupting effect non-working technology can have, <laughs> you know, it's important to consider that gathering everyone together for a for a remote meeting, it takes effort, you know. It's mm. important that time isn't wasted in meetings. Mm. Time wasting in online meetings is much more obvious and remote meetings are much more difficult to keep people's attention for long periods. Mm. You know, therefore, it's important to circulate a detailed agenda in advance with tasks assigned to every team member on the call. Mm. There's no getting around it then. Mm. The, the best meetings are undoubtedly the ones where people have had time to adequately prepare and understand why the time to meet is important. You know, this includes a predetermined amount of time in the agenda to let the assigned person know how long the meeting will be focused on their topic. Mm. Now, as part of assigning tasks to all people attending the call, it will also help to determine whether you have all of the right people attending the call. <laughs> yeah. Like, It doesn't need to be a cast of thousands. If they aren't contributing, they shouldn't be there. That's right. So I think it's important that every person attending the remote meeting should be there to actively contribute to the meeting itself. You know, reason being, you don't want people sitting silently on the call. Mm -hmm. you know, sure, they may be catching up with their emails or whatever it might be. But most, if they're attending by default, they just end up getting frustrated on the call. They're losing time in their day on a meeting where they really aren't contributing at all. Yeah, and it doesn't help when you have the follow-up meetings, right? And then your attendance drops off and then mm. the people that you actually need there at that time don't come along because yep. they don't believe that, that it's important to them and, mm -hmm. and they don't prioritize it, right? As well as sending out the agenda and assigning tasks, I think it's also important to articulate the role of everyone on the call. In some cases, given the type of remote meeting being undertaken, some meetings require additional support to run smoothly. Mm. So whether that means uh, you know, making sure that somebody is scribing to take notes for the meeting itself and articulate that as a role, as well as someone playing traffic cop, you know, usually at the facilitator of the meeting, to guide the conversation and keep an eye on the time for each task being discussed. Yep. Everyone attending the call should have a role, and that should be articulated in both the agenda uh, and most likely at the start of the meeting. We'll go through that later. But this leads nicely into the next point, which is ensuring all meeting materials are shared in advance of the meeting, including slide packs and mm. any data or thing that's being spoken to. Yeah, look, that's right. When people are dialed into a remote meeting, you need to ensure that all members of the team remain engaged. Now, circulating materials in advance, it was a game changer for me. Mm. It yeah. meant everyone had read through each topic in detail and the meeting became much more interactive with questions, confirmations, feedback and suggestion style discussions. You know, a much better meeting. The more you can manage as a leader, by exception, is the critical factor here. It takes more effort up front, but it's well worth the investment because it saves 10 times the effort after the mm. meeting. And I've seen a behavioral shift. In, in the past, you sent through pre-reading material and maybe half the people would read it if you're lucky. It realistically, mm. it was maybe 10% yep. uh, the real detailed people. I've seen that shift, though, with people working from home is they're more likely to pull up the meeting materials, even if it's only 10, 15 minutes beforehand, mm. and just get themselves in the headspace for the meeting that they're actually uh, about to join. So, look, once you've ensured 
You have a backup plan for all the filing tech. Mm. You've created an agenda and circulated all relevant documents prior to the meeting. There are three things that we can do uh, during the meeting to keep everyone engaged and a real productive mindset. Oh, this sounds good. I'm going to rip through these, all right? The first one is... Get everyone on the call to introduce themselves. This seems like a really obvious thing. And it doesn't work, obviously, if you've got a regular team that knows each other really well. But as soon as you've got one person, one person that's not on some sort of regular team meeting, you've got to every, make sure everyone introduces themselves. This goes back to the earlier point that you don't want silence from anyone on the call. So just because you've got good chatter, if you've got a couple of people that are silent, it's not great, right? Yeah. Introducing yourself is a good way to crack the silence barrier for most yep. people. I also find it good to get people to articulate why they are there and what they'd like out of the meeting by the end of it. So that way you get to hear their expectations up front and it reminds them to look out for what they need in order to maximise their time, right? Yep. Stating what is the outcome being sought from the meeting up front and clarifying roles is really important. Mm. Um, making sure that this isn't just another meeting in someone's calendar. You know, what are the questions, clarifications that needing answered and what does success look like at the end of this meeting? Mm. Uh, and what is their role in getting to that point for success? This can be super quick and simple, but it's really important. Mm. And finally, this is something that you're very good at, Adam. Oh, I am. Don't be boring. I'm not boring. You're not a boring man. Not no, boring. you are not a boring man. And, and you've got to try and keep the meeting moving along and up the right tempo, but still find some time to have fun, have a lively interaction with the team. I mean, sometimes we can uh, have such a productivity focus that we just forget to be human, mm. right? Even at our most professional, we are still just humans wanting to enjoy the ride, you know? Not being boring can be as simple as sharing a bizarre, funny memory related to a person or topic. Those, That's plenty right. You know, being discussed. Um, you put a humorous meme into the presentation that's a bit unexpected, right? Or, or do something like starting a chat with, hey, this was my dad joke for the day, you know. And, no, and no one should start a meeting with that. <laughs> everyone should start the day with a good dad joke. But these are really simple things that can go a long way to building rapport. And research shows that laughter builds trust likability and reduces emotional reactivity, right? There's actually a reason to do this scientifically. It's not just that we want to have fun, right? Actively working to make people smile is not a bad place to start. Mm, agreed. Look, I agree with everything you said there except probably the dad joke. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. I, I won't let, you want me to lay you one? No, no, I, no, no I know. Okay, no, keep no. Going. We want our listeners to keep listening. Mate. <laughs> anyway, so rounding off at six tips to running an engaging remote meeting. So to recap, number one, have your tech fail plan Bs in place. Mm -hmm. Number two, circulate a detailed agenda in advance with tasks assigned to every team member on the call. Number three, share meeting materials. Absolutely paramount to do this. Share meeting materials in advance of the meeting. Number four, ensure everyone on the call introduces themselves. Mm. Number five, state what is the outcome being sought from the meeting up front and don't forget to clarify roles. And finally, number six, don't be boring. <laughs> you almost said that boringly. I was no, going, that's, 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 no. I like that. Yeah. Look, if you do these six things well during the remote meeting, there'll be a lot less 
to do after the meeting in keeping that level of tempo going, you know? So following a meeting, it's important that you circulate as soon as possible the high-level notes from the meeting itself, as well as the main action items along with dates, don't forget the dates, to when the action items need to be completed. As much as possible, it's important that all or nearly all participants are given something to do to ensure the remote meeting doesn't just get forgotten about quickly and it's on to the next one. Now, look, motivating staff remotely doesn't just have to be about running successful remote meetings that are productivity-focused, but that that is the starting point, right? You've got to do that. But it's also about building connection and culture. Running virtual coffee breaks with a team or team members is really uh, important, and and, uh, these sorts of interactions give people a chance to relax and reduce some of the potential loneliness of remote work. Mm. It also gives workaholics time to reset right, time to reset their brain you know we all have a limited cognitive capacity a, a single mental bucket of energy if you will and once that bucket is empty nothing of worth ever really comes out <laughs> these small breaks irregular breaks just little coffee breaks force a refresh a time to refill the bucket and it also has the added advantage of strengthening morale and interpersonal connection as mm. well the second, and I know you, you like this one, right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the virtual lunch or virtual drinks on a Friday night, right? Absolutely. You need uh, this one. These sorts of catch-ups, I, I think, should never be focused on work, but just on the social interaction and rebuilding some community amongst colleagues and friends, mm. right? It's good to have some online games and activities lined up a little bit that's, that's not just completely random that you can pull out if you need to. Uh, you can announce the winner of a fun weekly challenge or something to keep the meeting dynamic. Uh, a good activity that I often use is getting people to bring a personal item that has meaning to them and just get to share it. You know, it could be wearing a hat. Uh, so everyone has a week where it's like find a hat uh, or a piece of clothing or something <laughs> they've purchased overseas and then just get um, the story behind that. And people love that. Mm. People love talking about themselves and you, you get to know uh, others. So that's the virtual Friday drinks time. Uh, I also think running weekly or fortnightly showcases is really important. Now, mm. this is not the type of showcase where people have to prepare slick slides and all that sort of thing. This is not about curating specialized PowerPoint packs. Mm. This is just the literal sharing of the bones of people's raw work. Mm. You know, people don't realize how interesting their day-to-day work is to someone else that doesn't do that. It could be just spreadsheets, documents, photos, or stories of challenging and mundane activities. Uh, and this can create an incredible dynamic of the team, particularly when they see that other people are actually interested in things that they think are boring. Because mm. it kind of says, what you do isn't being unseen and we value what you do. It's really, really uh, effective. Five minutes, just what do you do? show us your screen, share your screen, show us something that you've done, uh, tell us a story. And the only other thing I would do is, is intentionally create little gaps in the diary you know don't automatically slip into a 30 minute increment trap you know (laughs) remote meetings mean you can run a 20 minute meeting or a 25 minute and give yourself those five or ten minutes immediately following up with people to debrief sessions or to talk with an individual or to muse on the actions that come out of the meeting Mm -hmm. it's what we used to do as we walked between meetings right with our team or something you know now we have to schedule that walk in, yes. right? Relationships are built in the gaps. Look, Phil, another one I've seen work really well are theme days. 
you know, I read about this concept back in March 2020 where a theme is chosen, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be something like Halloween, Hawaiian shirts, I know you'll be up for that one, Phil, uh, <laughs> Easter time, uh, everyone comes dressed in the theme for all remote meetings that day. You know, people play around with their Zoom backgrounds. You know, it sounds a little bit tacky, but if people commit to it, I found it really can be a lot of fun. You know, I, I would suggest if you are talking to clients at all, it's probably worth letting them know uh, that you're going to be turning up on a call dressed as the Grim Reaper or Magnum PI in your case, Phil. Now, it doesn't require someone sending medical assistance over to your home. Well, don't what, worry. You just want an excuse to get into Lycra again, don't you? Come well, on. Well, now that you mention it, actually, I really... <laughs> well, uh, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Podcast episode, everyone. But we'd like to finish today's episode with not an image of Adam and Lycra, but with a quote from Marie Curie. Nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Turnaround Mindset Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please head over to iTunes, Google or Spotify hit subscribe and share the podcast with someone you think would benefit from it. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating. To download this episode and access other relevant content, please visit our website, www.theturnaroundmindset.com. Join us next week for another Turnaround Mindset episode. And remember, the only way it gets better for you is when you get better.